Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. Well, we've been talking about that no matter how many problems that we see in the world today, and there is a lot, whether they're problems that you see or problems that you don't see, God has a plan. God has a plan and a solution. Isn't that good news? Anybody here excited that God has a plan for every problem? And he's already set that plan in motion, and it started with Jesus, and it continues with us. Jesus started it, God started it with Jesus, and now it comes to a completion in and through us. And we talked about this incredible blueprint that God gives us in John 3.16. It's simple, but it's important because it's part of how God works upon the earth. And it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God in His great love, this unimaginable, amazing, huge love, he sent us, he saw us in trouble, he saw us in need, and he sent us the solution in the person of Jesus. That anyone, somebody say anyone, anyone, anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And I really started to think about this as I was praying this week, these two words, not perish. And that really jumped out at me. And so today, I want to talk to you about um, the urgency of God's plan. The urgency. Because God's plan that's revealed in this scripture tells us that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes will not perish. And so I want to talk about that. Um, The Greek word for perish is apollami. Apollami. This is what perish means. It means to destroy, to put out of the way entirely, to abolish, to put an end to ruin, render useless, to kill, to declare that one must be put to death, metaphorically to devote or to give over to eternal misery in hell, to perish, to be lost, ruined, destroyed, to lose. Here's the good news. Anyone that believes in Jesus will not perish. That's good news. That's good news. So I think a lot of times we, um, we can think this, and people in the world many times think this, is that God is an angry God and he's looking to pour out wrath. Actually, this is not what God is. Um, at least this is not entirely. See, some people misunderstand. They think that, that the God of the Old Testament completely went away. Have you ever heard people teach and it's like, they don't know how to harmonize the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's just like the Old Testament God is a completely different God. And the New Testament God, he's a loving, cuddly teddy bear of mercy and grace. But actually, this mystery is described in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he understood judgment. He understood justice. He understood that sins have to be punished. This is the fabric of reality. Maybe not the reality that we understand here, but it's the fabric of eternal reality that sin must be judged. And so in his huge love, he sends the solution to the sin problem. 
to the problem that's going on in our lives. He sends us the person of Jesus that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish. And one great analogy is this. We were born into a sinking ship. Can you imagine that? You were born whether you did a good job or a bad job. And none of us, the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short. So none of us are perfect here. But we were born into a sinking ship. From Adam and Eve, this boat has holes in it. It's going down. The wrong choices multiplied and compounded over the centuries of humanity. The ship is going down, folks. That's not to mention you and me aren't perfect people. So we haven't always done the right thing. We're on a sinking ship. But God in His love sent Jesus. Jesus pulls up right next to our sinking ship and says, Come on board with me. And anyone who gets on board with Jesus will not perish. Somebody say, not perish. And this is the great news. 2 Peter 3.9. This is, this is how it's said. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. Right? So the same God of the Old Testament, He still exists. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. The same God that judges sin, that says the wicked is going to be, I'm going to knock them out. Right? <laughs> he says He's not slow concerning His promises. As some understand slowness, instead He is patient with you. Look at somebody say, he's patient with me. He's patient with you not wanting anyone, here's the word again, to perish. Not wanting anyone to perish. So we understand Second Peter, Peter's ex- this is one of the, the disciples that spent three and a half years with Jesus. He said, he's not slow concerning his judgment, concerning his wrath against sin, for, like his, his, his fervor for righteousness. He's not slow with those things as we understand it, but yet He's patient with us. He so loved the world, He sends Jesus right up next to our... He's the, he's the lifeboat, right? That pulls up next to us. And He says, anyone who wants to get on board, anyone who wants to believe in Me will not perish. God in His love and mercy sent us Jesus. See, it had been... Glimpses of God's mercy had been seen in the Old Testament. But God's mercy was on full display in the person of Jesus. God's mercy. You see, David saw a glimpse of it. He said, your love and mercy follows me all of my life. People had experienced God's love and mercy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But now his mercy has become available to all in the person of Jesus. God is still going to judge unrighteousness because that's His nature. He's perfect. God expects perfection. Did you know that? He says, be holy as I am holy. And that's, whoa, that's, that's heavy. But the good news is this. When we say yes to Jesus, we are clothed in the perfection of Christ. So when God looks at us, He doesn't see our faults. He sees the perfection of Jesus Christ. Anybody glad that God sees the perfection of Jesus Christ when he looks at you? He doesn't have to look at all the skeletons that were in your closet before you came to Christ, all the things that you, bad choices that you made, wrong things that you said to your friends, to your spouse, to your neighbor. It's 
God begins to see us now through the lens of Christ. For God so loved the world, He knew that we would need a lens. He knew that we would need a bridge back to Him. And that is Jesus. And here's the illusion with our culture. Okay? Because our culture says there's many roads that lead to God. There's many ways to get to Him. There's lots of, time, lots of different ways to get to God. The problem with that, that's not scriptural. It's not scholarly. It doesn't matter. You can choose the top two, three, four major faiths. And guess what? All of them believe that many roads don't lead to God. Think about Islam. There's one road to God. Judaism, one road to God. Christianity, one road to God. There's just one road. Not many roads. So that the illusion of our culture is this concept that I can just... There's many ways for me to get to Him. But this is what Jesus said. If we believe in Jesus... We have to believe in what he said. John 14, 6, Jesus answered them and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. Somebody say no one. No one comes to the Father but except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now here is the incredible paradigm. Jesus is saying... No one comes to the Father except through me, but anyone who believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. So no one can come to the Father but by me, but anyone can come to the Father through me. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says in John 10, 8 and 9, he says, All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. Everybody that came and said they were the way. Thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. There's one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. There's one way not to perish, and that is believing in Jesus. There's one ship, one lifeboat that pulls up to our sinking ship of our culture, of mankind. And that is Jesus. The problem is so many things that we hear in the world today are just wrong. And you hear somebody say, I know my truth. Well, actually, there's only one truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the truth. So there's not everybody's different. Oh, this is my opinion. This is my... No. And sometimes people ask me, you know, well, what do you think about this? Well, when I came to Christ, I have one truth. One truth, and that's the truth that Jesus gives me. That's what Jesus shows us. He is the way, the truth, and the light. So he's the truth. He's also the way. Through him we find eternal life. Some people say, well, no one can judge me. Well, yep, somebody's going to judge you too. This is what Apostle Paul tells us. 2 Timothy 4.1, it says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. That means, man, not even just everybody that's alive right now. Everybody that has ever been alive and is now dead. He's going to judge the living and the dead. Or let's go to Apostle Peter. He tells us in Acts 10.42, he says, He commands us, Jesus, 
He commands us to preach to the people and testify that He is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. So there will be a day, there will come a time when everyone will be judged. But the good news is, if you believe in Jesus, it determines how you will be judged. Everyone will be judged, but your belief in Jesus determines how you are judged. Is God looking through the lens of Christ when He looks to judge you? The good news is anyone that believes in Jesus will not perish. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only universal and inescapable truth. He's the good news. This is good news, especially for those that open their heart and believe in Him. So if I understand John 3.16 correctly, there is actually urgency in God's plan. That everyone that believes in Jesus will not perish. There is an indirect urgency that we see there. Because... The Bible tells us tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow could be an awesome day. It could be the best day of your life. It could also be your last day. Light? Right? Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. So there's urgency. There's urgency to God's plan. There's urgency to the good news. There's urgency to say, I'm not going to perish, but I'm going to have eternal life. I'm going to believe in Jesus. Because we don't know what the day may bring. Jesus is the answer. Look at somebody say, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer for the world. Jesus is the answer for the problems of the day. Jesus is the answer for you and I. So my worldview, listen has to go beyond just me not perishing. And it has to translate into now others. That God allows my life to touch for them not to perish either. Because watch, if I'm just concerned about me not perishing, I'm not fitting into what Jesus was teaching. Jesus taught about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was the person that stopped by the side of the road with somebody that had been beat up by life. And without him, they were going to die. Follow the story. But yet he saved their life. When you share your belief in Jesus Christ with someone else, you are saving their life. You are saving someone's life when you share your faith in Jesus Christ. It's that important. It's that critical. Jesus is the way. If we understand how urgent the good news is, number one, I must be firm in my belief in Jesus. Number two, I must share the good news with others. If I don't share the good news with others, I don't fit into the Good Samaritan prototype. I'm not being what Jesus was trying to show me. And in essence, I become like one of the first three that just passed the person by and would have let the person die. What did they have? A religion that had no value. A religion that had no compassion. A religion that had no concern. James would have said it like this. A religion 
that was worthless. Faith without works is dead. And so if I don't have the works of what Jesus was talking about in the Good Samaritan, being a Good Samaritan is saving someone's life. Right? Did the Good, did the good Samaritan save the man's life? We think of it, oh, oh, just well, it's just doing good deeds. No, the Good Samaritan saved the man's life. He was half dead, lying on the side of the road, broke, broken, and the Samaritan saved him. Jesus said, be like this man. This is what it is to love your neighbor. Loving your neighbor is saving his life. You can't get any more in the life-saving business than to share the person of Jesus Christ. I understand there is an urgency. We have to understand there's an urgency to God's plan. There's an urgency to the good news. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. For we so love the world that we share Jesus. This is the vision. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. And now we love the world so much that we share Jesus. If we truly are the children of God, we have to be taught to share. Right? This is not the gospel of mine. It's not the gospel of my Jesus. If we are the children of God, we have to be taught to share properly. What Jesus came, he came to share. The message, the good news of the kingdom of God and how it works and how he was going to save. Now we are trying to be like Christ, so we need to share the message and the person of Jesus Christ. It's urgent. There's an urgency. Don't just keep Jesus to yourself. He was meant to be shared because he's the savior of the world. He's the answer to the problems of the, of the world. There's an urgency to God's plan. God's plan is already moving. It's unfolding right before your very eyes. For God so the world, loved the world that he gave. He doesn't want the world to perish, so he gave Jesus. Now what do we do with Jesus? What do we do with Jesus? Now that we have Jesus, what do we do? What are you doing? What are we doing with Jesus? We should be sharing. And here's the great part. God doesn't expect you to convince people about Jesus. doesn't expect you to Bible beat people with Scripture. He just expects you to share what Jesus did for you and who Jesus is. The rest is in their court. What they do with Jesus is between them and Jesus. I don't have to convince anybody about Jesus. That's not my job. My job, your job, all of our job is to share Jesus. Amen? When you share Jesus, you are saving a life. There's an urgency to God's plan. We live in a world that can be heaven on earth. Anybody ever been in that moment when it's just like you felt so happy, you felt so excited, or you were in God's presence, or you were among good friends, and you just you were like, this is a slice of heaven. You can experience hell on earth too. 
pain, suffering, betrayal, abuse, oppression, violence, sickness, disease. What we have saves lives. And this is the wickedness of the enemy's plan in our culture. Shh, don't talk about Jesus here. That's not appropriate. We don't talk about Jesus. This is, this is a workplace. People need to be saved in the workplace too. Shh, we don't talk about people over here. This is the education forum. We have to be appropriate over here. No, people need to be saved. I pray that God give you strategies. I pray that God give us strategies to bring the person of Jesus into all kinds of unorthodox settings. I want to bring the conversation of Jesus into places that are so dark. And people said, I never thought somebody could have talked about Jesus here. Yes, because God has given us creativity and he's not given us a spirit of fear, but a but power and love. And a sound mind. When Jesus was never, ever, ever caught off guard. Why? Because he had the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Every day pray for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Because this saves lives. Tell his story. Tell your story. And how Jesus stepped into your story. There is power in his Story. There's power in the good news. And there's urgency in the good news. If you'll be bold enough to take a step of faith and begin to share like you've never shared before, God will meet you in those conversations and give you the words. And He will be with you in those moments and give you strength and power. What's the worst that could happen? Somebody tell you, oh, that's not appropriate. Shh. Somebody tell you, nah, I don't want that. Maybe you're embarrassed, but you could save a life. Embarrassed? Save a life. Be told off for talking about Jesus and it's inappropriate. Blessed are you that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Isn't that what he said? Matthew 5, homework. Sermon on the Mount. What's the worst that could happen if you talked about Jesus? Not much in America. But you could save a life. But I don't know what to say. The power of the gospel is so powerful. Even if you stumbled through it, there's still power on it. Even if you mess up your words, there's still power on it. Because it's not you getting anybody saved. You don't have the power to save. I don't have the power to save. It's the obedience on your life that transforms. God will move through your obedience. The power is on the message. When you start saying the message, you will feel the power of God come upon you. Because... When you move in obedience, the power comes and gets inside of you and gets inside of your words. We have a duty as kingdom citizens 
to share. To care enough about people that we tell them how much God loves them and how he sent Jesus to die for their sins and save their lives. There is urgency to the good news. There is urgency to God's plan. There's urgency. God said he's not slow, but he's patient. He's patient. He's waiting as long as he can to try to get this message of mercy, to try to get this message of the goodness of God, to try to get this message of the saving power of Jesus out there. God's plan is urgent. Will you bow your heads with me today? God's plan is urgent. I want to pray that this gets so much in your hearts today that you will never be the same. That you will have this itch to talk about Jesus. And that God will give you creativity and wisdom like never before to introduce Jesus into areas that are so unorthodox. Jesus was unorthodox and bold. Praying that the, 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 the Spirit of Christ would come upon you in that way and in that expression that you would have the boldness to introduce Jesus into unorthodox situations, unorthodox circumstances, unorthodox conversations about Him. Because there is life-saving power in the message of Jesus. God, thank you for giving us boldness and the faith to do the things that you commanded us to do. It's not a request. It's a requirement of those that love the Lord. It's a requirement of those that are called by His name. It's a requirement to share Him. Not to say mine, not to say me, but have a gospel of loving people. God, thank you for giving us that heart for the people that you died for. And his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're at a place where you say, Pastor, I've kind of drifted in my faith in Christ and I need to reconnect with him. I need to say yes to Jesus. Whether you've never said yes to Jesus or you just feel like you've drifted off and you need to reconnect with him today, I want you to slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. If you slipped up your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And everybody can say this with us in agreement. Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you died for me. I didn't deserve it, but you did it because you loved me. Thank you. Jesus, I'm sorry for all my shortcomings and sins and failures forgive me today make me new and help me live like you help me be like you help me follow you give me the strength to do that I give you my heart I give you my life in Jesus name Amen. Come on, let's give God the praise today. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.